0: All the way down. Okay. My recording volume was like half down.
1: Hmm. Fun times. <laughs> or was it half up? Huh.
0: <laughs> I guess we can tell
1: <laughs> what kind of
0: person I am. <laughs>
1: Oh, goodness. Hi, everybody. You're listening to Talk Crooked, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject while enjoying adult beverages. My name is Kay.
0: I'm Carrie. And my adult beverage today is coffee because it's 11 (laughs) a.m.
1: Yes, mine too.
0: Mm. So if Mm. you're listening to this, you can take a shot. Preferably not while you're driving or having to do anything, but... No. (laughs) um, (laughs) So, we'll we'll give you a second
1: to take a shot. One, two, three, go! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, it's another week in paradise. Another week in quarantine.
0: Can I tell the story?
1: Yes, tell the story. Okay.
0: So y'all bitches is crazy i don't know what happened (laughs) to any of you but the fucking rona has got everybody acting a damn fool i went to walmart Uh. yesterday because apparently i hate myself and i want to spend my free time at walmart um jk (laughs) during
1: quarantine
0: yeah (laughs) jk i needed shit so yeah i i get into walmart I I walk around this little maze that they've got going on. I get in there. I get a cart. I sanitize it. And this old man starts walking up to me. And y'all know how I feel about old people and entitlement.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So this man, he comes up to me. I'm in a ratty t-shirt. I'm in athletic pants and flip-flops. So I know for good and damn sure he didn't think I was an employee. And he just... He takes, he puts his hand on my cart, and he tugs at it, and I looked at him, and, and like, most of my face, you know, is covered by a mask, so it's only my eyes, like, what the fuck? And (laughs) he goes, I need a second one, and then he tugged it from me again and just took off with it, and I kind of didn't believe that it happened. (laughs) It's very hard to believe. (laughs) And I just went uh, okay, as he's walking away, this asshole with my cart, and I, you know, he's lucky that I didn't take it and just run him over with it, but I'm a nice person, Mm -hmm. and there were cameras, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Prison keeps you from doing a lot of crazy shit. Yeah,
0: it does. So, (laughs) so I sanitized another cart, and I went on my way, but, you know, I wouldn't have minded to wipe a cart down for an older person. Wouldn't have minded that at all. It rubbed me the wrong way. Do you care if I take this cart? Yeah. It rubbed me the wrong way that he just took it.
1: What? Yeah. Are you two? I don't understand. Yeah. What is that behavior? I I don't know. Goodness, maybe he'll be one of the people that drinks disinfectant.
0: Yeah. I hope he gets the damn Rona from that cart because I wasn't done sanitizing (laughs) it. So have fun with that. Uh, That's a dangerous game he's playing.
1: Tell you it what it is. It is. Oh man. Well, they've called me back to work on Monday. Yay. I'm still gonna work from home because I'm because I'm pregnant. But we'll see how it goes. I'm gonna have to clear out an actual workspace in my house <laughs> 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 where I can close the door because somebody keeps trying to crawl in my lap. Oh, Because they need (laughs) playtime. And I'm like, buddy, you got to let me work in the morning so that we can have playtime in the afternoon. But, I mean, we'll see. I I don't think it's going to pick up as quickly as they want it to, Mm -hmm. but, I mean, I'm just going to do what I can. Um,
0: Sports are canceled, Pools are canceled, like, I don't...
1: Yeah, most of my my customers are uh, school-related or government-related, so Mm -hmm. it's, I mean... They seem to be opening up all the businesses, but none of the government buildings are opening back up, if that tells you anything.
0: Yeah, because the government um, would rather <laughs> us die,
1: like, I than... Mean, they're gonna give you what you want, because you've been protesting, yeah. so... Um, I probably won't be working there much longer anyway, so we'll see. I'm just gonna do my best to maintain, and... <laughs> I don't know. I'm not gonna stress myself out over it. Yeah. My boss is trying to make us do, make me do 25 phone calls a day and 25 emails. And he was like, no, not necessarily cold calls. I just want to retain my customers. I'm like, how many customers do you think I have? And in what <laughs> universe does anyone make 25 phone calls a day? We use email, bro. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what else could you do besides make
0: phone calls if no. he wants you to make 25 fucking phone calls a day? Oh, my God. I'm not
1: gonna. I mean, he can suck my dick. Um, <laughs> So, it's not gonna happen. I mean, even when I'm doing cold calls and, like, when I was working full-time at the shop and doing cold calls and doing my whole job, like, I wasn't making 25 phone calls a day, so.
0: (laughs) Yep. Uh, I'm a little afraid about when I go back to work and they pull up the dormancy call list.
1: I didn't think you were going back. I thought you were working at the library. Well,
0: um, I'm gonna have to wait to start there until the shelter-in-place is lifted
1: oh um, i see i see Ooh, sorry i burped oh you're <laughs> good that was gross <laughs> um sorry there's a human inside of me that's kicking my stomach <laughs> and it makes things like that happen Yeah. Uh, the joys of pregnancy everyone <laughs> but i
0: go back on the 20th so um oh okay as far as i know they could push that back if cases right. spike so I think
1: cases are spiking. I don't think we've even peaked in this state yet.
0: I don't think we have either. And Bowling Green, fun fact, is a
1: hot spot. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: But um apparently it's time to so open retail. So my feelings retail. of
1: anxiety, so <laughs> my f- feelings of anxiety every time I go to the doctor <laughs> are justified. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, every time I have a doctor's appointment, I'm like, all right, I'm going to the hot zone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. <coughs> oh, Lord. That's not the Rona. I've been eating a lot of yogurt and, <laughs> and you been have drinking a, a lot of coffee with milk in it. And yeah, I I didn't take a Benadryl last night before I went to bed. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, but it's beautiful outside. We've got a gorgeous summer weather. Mixed with a little bit of rain today, maybe. <laughs> so, shit could be worse. Yeah, it could be. At least I've got a yard. I mean, I just keep telling myself that, you know. Like it's yeah, I've got it. We we both have it way better than a lot of people do right now. So oh yeah, my poor brother's stuck in his apartment. Poor uh, guy. I've got a friend who lives alone, who's alone and stuck at home. <laughs> at least she's got a yard, but she's alone, and that's rough. And you know, yeah. and a lot of her friends that live up there who also quarantined went to live with, like, their in-laws or their mom, like, to quarantine with their parents or something like that. So, she's, like, literally alone. Yeah. Um, which blows. And, you know, my, um, uh, my, my family lives in a really close neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> my parents live in a really close neighborhood, so they've got to be careful. And it's just at least everybody's following the main the social distancing rules up there though like where my brother is they like can go for walks and stuff of course but like everyone's going for walks yeah so like (laughs) the the sidewalk is like crowded with people and they're like well that defeats the purpose i (laughs) can't i can't do anything yeah so they're like literally stuck in their two-bedroom apartment which really sucks um so i'm just trying to It could always be a lot worse. Like, my house is really tiny and it gets really frustrating a lot of the times, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it could be so much worse, so. Yeah. At least we've got a farm we can go to and we can run hammy through the forest and, you know, we run through the cow pastures and stuff like that and... (sighs) Oh, goodness. But, you know, such is life. Yeah. Hopefully I'll only be working for another 3 months.
0: <laughs> Fingers crossed. And then it'll
1: be you're... full-time baby time. Yeah. I feel like I've earned it. So. Oh yes. <laughs> Especially after last night. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, um
0: <laughs> also, you're going to hate me so much, but this coffee just hit me. I will be right back. Hold on.
1: Oh no, you have to pee? Yeah. I'm sorry. Hold okay.
0: on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up. I will.
1: Okay, I'm back. Sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Coffee's fun, (sighs) isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yes. Diuretics always are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, you ready to get started? Let's dive in. I am. All righty. So this week, we are talking about false False confessions. confessions. Fun stuff. Mainly coerced ones this time around uh we'll probably hit this topic again and do the voluntary ones oh yeah because um, those are weird oh yeah <laughs> their own that's a completely different ball category game. oh yeah um so just to kind of i mean it's pretty clear what a false confession is it's a confession it's it's in a crim it's it's a confession um <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh it, you know it's when a crime occurs and then someone falsely confesses to committing that crime so um and in the case of it being coerced it means that it's through um faulty police work and bullying and things like that and it can be it, it, it it's a big problem um thankfully there's a lot of steps being taken and this is actually because of all of this stuff this is why i am not a death penalty person yeah um because there's flaws, and because our justice system isn't perfect yet, and because. Oh, you ready for this statistic? Oh, fuck. Oh, where'd it go? I lost it. Where'd it go? Oh, no. Hang on. You're good. Uh da da da, 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 da 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 Maybe it's in this one. I had I pulled from two different sources. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. Uh It's like 13% or something like that. Mhm. I've lost it. Where did that go? I read it yesterday. Oh. What is happening? <laughs>
0: You need it now,
1: I- so it doesn't. The, yeah, I'm trying. I'm I'm trying to find the accurate number, and I think it's like 13 and 300 are wrongful are wrongful conv- convictions. Oh wow, um, or something like that, which is high. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did also. I've heard, and again, these are numbers I'm pulling from my memory, so don't quote me on this. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we should start doing a fact check on our <laughs> 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 at the end of our podcast. Oh um, God but i i there there's something like it's it's something like 13% or 4% or something of the people on death row are wrongfully convicted i think and it's 4% of the people like on that, death row i think it's 4% yeah and that's too many that's yeah. 4% too many so until it's foolproof no death penalty in my opinion yeah uh that's what life without parole is for, and it's much much cheaper to keep someone in prison than it is to execute them. Yep, it's particularly because the dr- and we're not talking about lethal injection injections today, but um, rest assured that the drugs are not great that they use. That is not humane. Yeah, and I know a lot of people feel like that's like justified because they're bad people, but if they're not, but if they're innocent, then. <laughs> You've just tortured someone to death for no reason. Yeah. Um, and traumatized every, like, 20, the 25 witnesses or whatever that they have to fucking have. Great. And it's just, it's real, it's real bad. And it's, like, fucking medieval. So there's no point. And done. End of, end, end of soapbox moment. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here we go. So in recent years, um, so this is a, an article that I found, fe- well, it's a, it's a journal, actually. It, it's a. It's from Sage Journals. Um, So it's actually, like, a fully published, like, research scholarly journal or whatever, which I, of course, just pulled the abstract. Um, (laughs) But uh, it's called False Confessions, Causes, Consequences, and Implications for Reform. And it was written by Saul M. Casson and published on October 1st, 2014. Okay. Um, Which is a little bit out of date, but... uh, I, I mean, I read through it, and the stuff it still stands. I mean, I, there aren't—I I didn't pull any numbers from this or anything like that. Yeah. But the issue still remains the same. So, um. So in recent years, DNA exoneration cases have shed light on the problem of false confessions and the wrongful convictions that result. Drawing on basic psychological principles and methods, an extensive body of research has focused on the psychology of conf. Hang on, sorry. You're good. Um. <laughs> So the problem of false confessions emphasizes personal and situational factors that put innocent people at risk in the interrogation room. So this is what we're focusing on here, because there's like a ton of other reasons. There can be faulty, faulty um, forensic work. There can be faulty. You know, uh, the police could mishandle the crime scene. I mean, there's there's all that stuff about you know like hair evidence being debunked and stuff like that because mm-hmm. you know they were like oh this matches and then they dna tested it and it was dog hair or some <laughs> shit, you know <laughs> yeah like, and this poor person's lost 20 years of their life in prison for something they didn't do you yeah. know which is bad but this is where this is why this kind of thing is why we now have body cams for police officers mm-hmm. which they love by the way because then they can't be accused oh yeah you know, the, 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 the morally ethical ones <laughs> that are out there. The, the, the majority, the vast majority, I'll say. Yeah. Um, we love cops. Um, are <laughs> We do. Seriously. Are, sometimes we talk shit,
0: but it's just the ones that are no, not they, upholding what yeah, they're supposed to be doing.
1: The 2% or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the, the vast majority of them love their body cams because it protects them when they have to go on trial for say shooting someone and that they can prove that it actually was self-defense yeah. or, you know, um, they can prove their own actions as justified because there's the evidence right there in front of you. I don't have to tell you the story 17,000 times. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't have to go through it in a court, tell my supervisor, tell the, tell the onsite psychologist, tell it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happened. You see it. Am I good or not? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's why we have body cams, we have car cams, that's why there's cameras in the interrogation room, and while they why they record them as well. they do both yeah uh, to make sure that there's no brutality happening because if you beat the shit out of somebody to get a confession out now that's on tape. Mm-hmm. they show that to the jury, that's going to cause reasonable doubt, yeah because people will say a lot of things under duress that oh, are yeah. not true. I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of evidence that torture is completely useless. There's no point. People will just say anything to get you to stop. Oh yeah. So there, there's no point to it we again another issue close guantanamo bay but whatever um okay so um close gitmo i've watched too much i've been i've been i've watched too much john oliver lately okay
0: um oh me too i i'm in love with his little now this bits
1: oh yeah me too i've been making my <laughs> That's mom favorite thing. i've been making my mom
0: come watch him my favorite one by far has to have been the train at the scranton oh yeah
1: station. so good so good and you know the cringiest one is that weird morning show where they're like weirdly sexual all together. oh my god yeah there's like a weird love triangle happening oh i don't know what's happening there they're, i don't know if they're harassing each other or if they're like all fucking backstage like i don't they're all <laughs> fucking going on there there's like there's like four or five different segments of them just like salaciously (laughs) licking each other with words (laughs) just like this is so uncomfortable (laughs) ew where are your producers (laughs) oh my god (laughs) where is your babysitter okay um so so the problem with all of this beyond the fact that you've put somebody in prison who shouldn't be there Mm -hmm. you've let the actual guilty party continue to still be out there potentially hurting more people which is really bad or yep. you know potentially causing more mayhem um and that's and part on of top the, of that sorry no continue sorry uh that's no, you're good. that's part of the problem
0: with like voluntary false confessions because not only are you being a weird asshole that wants <laughs> to take credit yes. for this creepy crime you're also right. letting that person that actually did this horrible thing go free and do it again are you gonna take credit exactly. for that too
1: like probably yeah that's what's weird about those people though they just like any kind of attention and it's i don't know we're gonna have to dive into that because whoo i mean that's a rabbit hole i mean um, i
0: get needing attention but there are avenues to get it that no, are not there that are-
1: <laughs> yeah those are very broken people um okay so but also um it, it undermines the entire justice system is the thing it 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 can bias the jury it can bias the judge it can um it can mess with witnesses. it can cause witnesses to falsely testify because they think they're telling the truth mm-hmm. or you know what i'm saying or they think they know or whatever and because memory can be can be distorted mm-hmm. and you can um you can be convinced that this is the right person and then the right person comes in and you're like, oh, no, never mind. It was totally that guy. Like, I mean, it's just, our <laughs> yeah. brains are so unreliable, especially if you're pregnant right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and um, and it can also, it can skew forensics and all kinds of things. Um, it can lead prosecutors to say, hey, find evidence that points to this person instead of just looking at evidence objectively and mm-hmm. it's just it's instead of looking at the whole picture and you can it can feel wrong but the person confessed so you know it, yeah. so, so now you're you're down this you're down this path um and th- there just there's been a lot of call for reform and things like that so um like i said the, this this included um mandif- mandatory uh, mandatory video recording of interrogations blind testing and forensic crime labs mm-hmm. which is huge um, I'm not sure if that's been fully intimate, implemented yet but um I, I think it's definitely in the process um it needs and to be there's yeah for sure um because I mean there's been all kinds of th- cases that I've heard about where people prosecutors paid the forensic lab and things like that to mm-hmm to To make it be this person, and then they just kept going after this one dude. I mean, watch making a murderer for fuck's sake. Yeah. Um. And, you, <laughs> and then, um. Also, there, there's, they're calling for the use of confession experts in court, which is nice because we we don't remember is that judges and juries are not forensic experts. They're not scientists. Yeah.
0: They're just a they're group just of people. your peers. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. The, especially the jury. It's mm-hmm. literally just like you or me. <laughs> Which, yeah. I mean, like I have ba- we have basic knowledge, but like a lot of people don't know that hair evidence is bullshit. Now, a lot of people yeah. don't know that bite mark evidence is bullshit. Like it, there, there's a, there's so much up in the air there and you have to educate people. And then they bringing in these these quote unquote experts mm-hmm. that don't have anything to do with the case haven't looked at the case nothing and then they're like oh yeah dna can be fudged and then everyone's like what (laughs) like (laughs) now i don't know anything and it's just it's it's it can be a lot of theater and so it's important to make sure that we're doing things in the most ethical way possible to make sure that we're not putting innocent people in jail yep Um, my mom was well prison yeah, my mom was supposed
0: to be on a jury last month, and she was just so excited to get out of it. And I'm like, "You lucky jerk!" <laughs> like, I oh, wanted to be on would a love jury. To be on one.
1: <laughs> yeah, my mom had jury duty not too long ago too. They never, they never selected her though. She just had to sit there. Oh yeah, for like hours and hours or whatever uh-huh. during selection. Of course. At least the courthouse downtown is really nice though. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, da, 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 da. let me make sure, make sure I've got everything. Okay. So like I said earlier, there's three different types of false confections. There's voluntary, which is the basket of, the basket of nuts that we're not going to dive, into today. Um, and then there's coerced compliant and coerced internalized and coerced internalized is the one that scares me the most. So, Oh yeah. Um, you can say, you know, there's all these these instances where people have kept people overnight in this interrogation room without sleep and without food and then been like, hey, so are you going to tell me that you did it? Just sign this paper and then we'll let you go. And then they, you know, they're like, I just want to fucking go home. Yeah. And so then they sign it. So that's like coerced compliant. And then coerced internalizes is where they talk you in circles forever and ever and ever until you believe that you actually did it. Mm hmm. Uh, which can happen a lot with people in instances of alcohol abuse and drug abuse and people who are sub- subject to blackouts and mental illness and things like that, which is why, you know, we've talked about before that, you know, people with mental illness are actually more likely to be victims mm-hmm. of crimes than, um, and this is an instance of being a victim of a crime. If if someone takes advantage of your mental state to try and convict you for something you did not do, exactly, I mean, that you're a victim you're you are a 100 percent the victim of this crime here um so and then it, and it can be so confusing i mean I, i'm such a nerd i've been re-watching true blood while i crossed it mm-hmm. and poor uh, <laughs> i know you haven't watched it but other people have so poor <laughs> jason stackhouse in the first season i mean you know because he's using drugs and he's blacking out and he's just like His poor girlfriends just keep dying around him. And he's just like, I must have done it. I don't remember doing it. And I I don't hate her. I loved her very much. And (laughs) I just don't understand. I guess I did it. I I don't know. Oh, no. So what happened was they were high. They were high. Mm -hmm. And they were laying in bed. And, you know, out of it. Because they were high. Yeah. And someone the actual killer just walked into their house because it's bumfuck Louisiana Mm -hmm. and nobody locks their fucking doors. (laughs) Just walked into the house, put a belt around her neck and strangled her because this is, oh, the first season's so good. It's like serial killer-ish. Oh, so so good. It's so good. (laughs) He just walked in and strangled her and then walked out and he was like, why would I have done that? Like, we've done this together so many times. This, there's, we've, I've never hurt anyone. Yeah. Like, what? (laughs) What? But I don't see, and he's so dumb, bless his heart, and he just, he's just, (laughs) me. I don't, I must have done it, and of course, you know, the officer thinks he did it, the sheriff doesn't, because he's just like, meh, this doesn't add up, (laughs) and, you know, but there's one of the officers that's kind of out to get him anyway, and he's like, of course you did it, and he's just like, lock me up, lock me up, I don't know what's going on, (laughs) so that's, that's, you know, it's a (laughs) weak yeah it, it's a pretty weak um example but still um so like we said the bad thing is that false confection false confessions can then constitute obstruction of justice mm-hmm. so if they find that you've falsely confessed then they can entrap you and say that you've obstructed justice yep I'll uh which you away think for applies that. more to the voluntary ones mm-hmm. i think it, i think it applies more to the voluntary ones but of course you know when it comes to I think, I think especially people of color, which sucks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the more marginalized groups in our, in our country that, you know, that the police tend to go after more, which sucks, um, because of just the blatant racism in our country, um, and sexism and, you know, all the, whatever you call it when they go after sex workers all the time and shit, um, Mm -hmm it's 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 not equal and so you can rope someone in and then still keep them in prison and call it obstruction yeah even though it was your fault <laughs> for you know and then they can't get you know they're in prison so they can't they can't get a lawyer that's good enough and they can't you know they have to really rely on their parents or their families and friends outside to get them good representation to appeal all of this stuff and then they get stuck in prison and yeah that's another rabbit hole of for-profit prisons and keeping people falsely imprisoned and it's just really really bad so um, there th- it's a bigger it's a bigger issue than a lot of people really think yeah I, I think um, so let's see I did want to pull a little bit from the innocence project as well um, I've got a really quick article that I'm just gonna hit through real fast and then I'm gonna be finished because... Um, yeah. So, this is a really good article that I found. Of course, it's from The Innocent Project, theinnocenceproject.org. If um, if anybody doesn't know what that is, this is a group, I think it's a nonprofit um, mm-hmm. organization that's going through, and they're going through all the cases um, in our justice system right now, and I really wish I knew where they were based, because I want to work for them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they go through all of the cases, and they're... Um, they're t- they're going through and retesting all the DNA and re re going through all of the evidence to make sure that people are in there for the right reasons yeah. and the right people are in there. Um, so it, that that's what that is. And so um, they have a great article on their website. Um, it's not tagged with an author. It's just you know a community. It's just, you know, information that they've put out as an organization. So um, it's called False Confessions and Recording of Custodial Interrogations. So um, we, th- I might repeat myself a little bit, but um, I don't care. And um, <laughs> <laughs> It's important. <laughs> and this is, yeah, this is all really good. So I just want to make sure that we get some really good um, solid, solid evidence in here or solid facts um, that are really straightforward in here too mixed with mixed in with our own our own thoughts so let's see um, so f- uh, false confessions and recording of custodial interrogations how could someone confess to a crime one didn't commit many of the nation's more than 360 wrongful convictions overturned by DNA evidence involved some form of a false confession it can be difficult to under- 360 that's so many people That's so many lives overturned. I mean, I just... Which is just not fair. (laughs) It's not fair. They're poor families. I mean, poor them. Their whole life is... Their lives are done. Like, they're like, what, 40 and 50 getting out of prison for something they didn't do? And the stigma remains. You know, it's not like they go out and everyone's like, hey, Joe, like, glad to have you back.
0: You know, it's yeah fucking weird
1: like Every, it's, and like everybody
0: thinks you did it and they think that you're true. just getting off on some type of technicality and it's, oh, it's just so not... bad
1: it's so bad yeah um thankfully though you can sue the state and a lot of them get reimbursed a lot of money so that they can live a little more comfortably and get their feet under them which is great that's part of what the innocence project is working on too yeah um to help them rebuild they help you rebuild your life a little bit more but generally you do have to like relocate yeah blows because a lot of people like to stay in their town and they put down their roots and mm -hmm, you have to go and start over which is really hard when you're older believe me it's hard to make friends as an adult um you don't just have proximity to people (laughs) (laughs) anymore um the internet has helped
0: but like again true (laughs)
1: Again, it's not face, It's not always face-to-face, and that's what you need. You need face-to-face community. Um, okay, so... Yeah. It can be difficult to understand why a person would wrongfully confess to a crime they did not commit. Researchers who study this phenomenon have determined that the following factors contribute to... Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I keep hiccuping and burping and... Ugh. Ugh. Stop kicking my stomach. <laughs> um, <laughs> following factors contribute to or cause false confessions. So... Real or perceived intimidation by the suspect of the suspect by law enforcement, which is bad. Mm-hmm. That's the good cop, bad cop thing and all of that stuff. Um, use of force by law enforcement during the interrogation or perceived threat of force. Um, compromised reasoning ability <laughs> compromised reasoning ability of the suspect due to exhaustion, stress, hunger, substance use, and in some cases mental limitations or limited education. Again, watch making a murderer Mm -hmm. um young people that means like people with like lower iqs um again like we were talking about people who abuse alcohol or or substances who have blackouts and things like that um yeah are just kind of confused in general um exhaustion meaning like they've kept you overnight and not fed you and you know all of that stuff Uh, young people who do not understand their rights and are taught to please authority figures are particularly vulnerable there's a really good netflix i actually haven't watched it but it looks amazing about the um the central park five that are in this camp right here Mm -hmm. Um, those were young people who were discriminated against because they were of color and they were teenagers, and they happened to be in the park where this woman was raped and murdered. And it turns out, now that they've gone back and looked at the ev- actual evidence, it was not them at all. Yeah, it was a random white dude, of course. <laughs> 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 of course. So yes, there's a there's a Netflix uh, special. There's a Netflix um, drama that they did, kind of like the OJ. Mm-hmm. the OJ case that they did you know yeah they, I need to watch it I just can't watch anything negative right now yeah um, <laughs> uh,
0: I, I really can't either I've had to no back off a lot of stuff
1: yeah me too I haven't been able to start any dramas I mean I've gotten Josh to watch Westworld with me mm-hmm. but I'm trying to anyway I got him to watch one more episode the other night <laughs> <laughs> but it's been all sitcoms over here yeah for sure um Devious interrogation techniques, such as untrue statements about the presence of incriminating evidence. So they're like, hey, we found your DNA or we found your fingerprints at the scene. And then they're like, oh, and then it confuses people. And yeah, yeah, it's not good. Uh, Fear on the part of the suspect that failure to confess will yield a harsher punishment. So that's where then they threaten you with this conviction or this other conviction. You can pick your rock or your hard place. Mm hmm. Or your even harder place if you don't tell me what I want to hear. Not good. Yep. Recording interrogations prevents false confessions from leading to wrongful convictions. The entire interrogation during the time in which a reasonable person in the subject's position would consider himself to be in custody and a law enforcement officer's questioning is likely to elicit incriminating responses should be electronically recorded. States should enact statute, and that should not get misplaced. Mm Mm-hmm we lost it i don't know what happened to the tape <laughs> yeah no yeah not acceptable um i'm sorry if you, <laughs> you don't watch mind hunter for some real questionable interrogation techniques if you don't um, have you were right but yeah.
0: if you don't have a tape of the confession then the confession should be like if you don't have a it's not admissible yeah if you don't have a tape of nope. what it took to get that confession and the confession then it shouldn't be admissible
1: It's not admissible, and you don't get to say it in court so that it's in the jury's heads, and then they say strike it from the record. You can't strike that from the jury's mind. It's a theater technique, again, and I don't like it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) States should enact statutes or court rules that require custodial interrogations for at least the most serious crimes to be recorded in their entirety. This will improve transparency and create an indisputable account of what happened during the interrogation, Mm -hmm. which benefits the entire system. Everyone can see everything, and then an objective jury can look at it and say, "Mm, I feel like you were being a big dick, though. (laughs) Like, I would have probably said yes, too, because I I would be starving. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing. Or they're like, you know what? Good on you. This looks legit. And you can make that call. But again, it's a jury of our peers. It's not... These are not experts. These are, these are, you know, your neighbors <laughs> and the church lady across the street. Like, it's not... Oh, goodness. It's got to be clean. It's got to be clean. Yeah. All right. So, benefits to the innocent. So, number one, benefit. Uh, re- creating a recording of the entire interrogation, including the interaction leading up to the confession. Number two, ensuring that the suspect's rights are protected in the interrogation process. Human rights, civil liberties, all that stuff, mm-hmm. creating a deterrent against improper or coercive techniques that might be employed a- absent the present of a recording device. A lot of times they, you know, especially with young people, they're like, they just, they act like they're going just to just ask you a few questions and they act like you don't need your lawyer present. You don't have to do anything without a lawyer. You don't have to answer anything unless they're, you know, actually charging you with something. You don't even have to stay. Yeah. <laughs> So just, it's important, it's important to know your rights. Um, my children will know. Because <laughs> I'm sure they will have our luck and be in the wrong place at the wrong time at some point. Oh, so, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> alerting investigators, prosecutors, judges, and juries if the suspect has mental limitations or other vulnerabilities to make him or her more susceptible to a false confession. That is important as well. Everyone needs to know that. Hey, this person only has an IQ of like 60, Yeah. by the way. Yep. He doesn't understand what's even going on. He doesn't understand that he's not going to get to go home because no one has explained this to him in a way that he understands. Not cool. Yep. Okay, and then here's the benefits to law enforcement. It preventing disputes about how an officer conducted himself or treated a suspect. See, there we go. Mm -hmm. So there's no he said, she said. It's right there in front of everybody. Creating a record of statements made by the suspect making it difficult for a defendant to change an account of events originally provided to law enforcement. Huge. Mm-hmm. That is huge. Permitting officers to concentrate on the interview rather than being distracted by copious note-taking during the course of the interrogation. Also huge. Yeah. Very hard to multitask effectively in that situation. Capturing subtle details that may be lost if unrecorded. So like, you know, the, the melody of someone's voice, a hesitation, you you know the a tone a a facial expression there's so much that can be lost there if it's not recorded visually and um uh audio (laughs) i don't know (laughs) yeah (laughs) whatever it is sonically i don't know i don't know what word i'm looking for there um but that can, that can help law enforcement better investigate the crime. You can look and say, oh, no, okay, he might be protecting someone or, mm-hmm. you know, there's just so many little nuances to people's body language and things like that that get lost if it's just, hey, this is what he said and it's written on a piece of paper. Yeah. Um, enhancing public confidence in law enforcement while reducing the number of citizen complaints against the police. Also huge. We have to have confidence in our law enforcement and we have to be able to trust them mm-hmm. or the system breaks down. So. Exactly. All right. This is the part that might be very disconcerting. Oh, um, boy. So, which states actually require recording of custodial interrogations? Because guess what? This is not a federal thing. It is by state. Yep.
0: Because we are all the technically different
1: countries. Yeah. We should just break up. Half the states in the country and the District of Columbia require recording of certain custodial interrogations either through statute, or court action. Mm -hmm. Federal law enforcement agencies, including the FBI, DEA, and ATF, are required to record, record all custodial interrogations of individuals suspected of any federal crime. You ready for the states? God, yeah. These are in alphabetical order. The states that require a recording of custodial interrogations are Alaska, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Oregon, Texas, Utah, Vermont, Washington, D.C., and Wisconsin.
0: That's a whole lot more than I thought.
1: Yeah, but we're not on that list, and I'm upset.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Indiana's on that list, for fuck's sake. Come on.
0: Well, this is Kentucky. Are we really I that know. surprised?
1: well indiana doesn't even have laws against hate crimes like yeah <laughs> come on uh, i know <laughs> we also have pff, an idiot for a senator so mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully we'll get him out hopefully vote against mcconnell okay um, always <laughs> yeah, vote against I've got. him <laughs> like oh my god he's the worst yeah all oh, right well that's what i've got for my uh my segment there well thank you that was wonderful well thanks welcome sorry i lost my place a whole bunch i don't know what happened to one of my uh my little pieces i don't know if maybe it didn't get saved or or what but that was weird oh, but it's okay all right, let's take a quick break all righty
0: so i've got quite a tail for us today and i like tails uh, i just need you to stick with me um because it's a lot so
1: oh no Little Less excited,
0: b- yeah. <laughs> well, it's a little bit of a rager. It it's got a great ending,
1: so okay,
0: yeah. All right, so I pulled from a bunch of different sources. Um, the main or one of the big ones I pulled from was this article I found on Murderpedia. Um, it was Ooh, okay. Yeah, it was written we so we like
1: Murderpedia. Yeah, <laughs> um,
0: it's called "From the Nightmare: A Look at the Riley Fox Case" by Brian Smith on chicagomag.com uh yeah it's i hadn't heard of it either and um it happened in 2010 or oh okay sorry it happened um Uh. it happened 2004 and it spanned to 2010 so wow this article a lot of this article that i'm pulling from though um was published in 2010 so all right and it's just it's written so beautifully so uh here we go dressed in a tuxedo dapper but slightly or sorry let me start over (laughs) this is not punctuated well um oh okay dressed in a tuxedo dapper but slightly self-conscious kevin fox took his place at the wedding altar inside holly name cathedral awestruck by the majesty that surrounded him the light slanting through the stained glass windows, the arches soaring up to gilt ceilings, the bas relief of Abraham offering, this offering to sacrifice his child. A self-described small-town boy from Wellington, Illinois, he was there to act as best man for his older brother, Chad. But if he felt out of place as the ceremony began, his discomfort melted at the sight of his two children now making their way down the aisle. Tyler, the six-year-old, spitting image of his dad, bore the ring. Beside him toddled Tyler's three-year-old sister, Riley. Her hair a tiara of chestnut curls, she wore a snow-white princess dress, a gossamer confection of satin and lace over white satin slippers. Reaching into a tiny white basket, she doled red rose petals along the aisle like a pixie spreading fairy dust.
1: This is beautiful. Right? It's all gonna go to shit, isn't it? It's all
0: gonna go to shit. Um. No. <laughs> the ceremony's original choreography called for Riley to turn right at the front of the aisle and join her mother's pew. Instead, she marched up to the marble stairs and passed the groom. With a huge smile on her face, she headed straight to her daddy, who scooped her up into his mm. arms. As Kevin and countless others in the sanctuary laughed with delight, he returned her to her mother, who shook her head with resignation and took the girl to the pew. A few hours later, at a reception at the Park Hyatt, Kevin drew on the moment as he stood to toast his brother, Chad, and Chad's new wife, Stacy. Throughout my life, I've always followed in your footsteps, Kevin said. I tagged around when we were in high school. I made you drive me around when you got your license. I pledged the same fraternity. But now that I have a wonderful wife and the two most beautiful children in the world, you get to finally follow me and make a family. It's your turn to follow in my Mm -hmm. footsteps. Chad hugged Kevin as the room burst into a cry. Oh, just so beautiful. Just wait. No, Chad hugged Kevin as the room burst into applause. The band broke into song. The extended Fox family danced the night away, though before too long, Riley and Tyler had curled up under a table and fallen sound asleep. A picture of the children would make its way into Chad's wedding album, a cherished memento of a perfect day. The image was almost as precious, in fact, as the photo a few pages later of Chad, Stacy, Kevin, Melissa, Tyler, and Riley smiling back at the camera in their wedding formal wear. At the time, it seemed like a happy though standard family portrait. In fact, it would be the last photo of all of them taken together, as it was just two weeks before the little girl would be found floating face down in a creek. (gasps) Oh no! Don't worry. It It gets worse? It actually will get better but it has to get worse okay. before it gets better
1: okay <laughs> thanks i hate it <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're welcome um <laughs> so that is a bit that i pulled from that article and now we're kind of jumping between a few mm-hmm. wikipedia's because it was so hard to find information on this case um mm-hmm. but we're going strong so on june 6 2000 <laughs> 2000- <You're doing> great <laughs> thank you On June 6, 2004, the night of the disappearance, Riley's father, Kevin Fox, had picked up his children from their grandmother's house around 1 a.m. Too tired to carry his children up to bed, he laid Riley on the couch and Riley's older brother, Tyler, on the living room chair. He then went to his room, watched TV, and went to sleep around 2.30. The next morning, he was awakened by Tyler, who told him that Riley was gone. After searching and checking with neighbors, he called police. Later that day, Riley was found dead in Forsyth Woods County Forest Preserve, a public park a few miles from Wilmington. She was found face down oh, in a creek. Honey. Mm-hmm. She was found face down in a creek, having been bound, gagged, and sexually assaulted before being drowned. <sighs> um so Kevin Fox, her father was interrogated for fourteen hours by Will County, Illinois Whoa. police. Oh mm-hmm. that's too long. Yep. Entirely that's too, too long. long. Um before he confessed oh, to that the poor man. Yep. Yeah, before he confessed to the two thousand four murder of his three year old daughter. He was convicted. Oh, no. He was convicted and sentenced to jail. His confession was later ruled to have been coerced because of DNA testing Um, police later identified Scott Eby as the killer, and we're going to get into Scott Eby here in a minute. Um. Oh, my God. But they had. (sighs) And, and we're going to get into how they even managed to get DNA tested, because the police told the FBI to not test it, and they didn't. Um, Oh, no. Yep. Scott Eby was. in. What?
1: Yeah. Why wouldn't you? It's more evidence. Because,
0: because they got a confession after 14 hours i
1: can't nope nope (laughs) scott
0: ebby was a neighbor living a few miles from the fox family at the time of riley's murder police identified him as the killer while he was serving a 14-year sentence for sex crimes because of course um because you never do this just once um after never yeah after questioning and confrontation with the dna results ebby confessed and later pleaded guilty um kevin fox was released after serving eight months in jail the fox family eventually won an eight million dollar civil judgment against the county government which is awesome
1: whoa that's (coughs) awesome they they were actually rewarded i mean they they how like (laughs) well how could they not yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean that's just like clearly like i know it takes a while and i know it's expensive to test dna but test the fucking dna yeah you need to Mm mm-hmm you just need to You can't just go on a confession. That's what all of this evidence, like, all of this research has shown, that you cannot just go on that. Yep. It has to be backed up by physical evidence.
0: Exactly. So, uh, Fox's attorney, Kathleen Zellner, who was amazing, um, was responsible for discovering that DNA evidence existed and getting it tested, and she had to have it done at a private lab because the police had told the FBI to stop testing. Um, Police-
1: my god that just makes me so mad all over again I can't (laughs) and what makes it even worse
0: what makes it even worse Gary is that police had found a pair of mud covered shoes at the scene with the name Ebby written inside but did nothing with this evidence they ignored other important clues Uh. as well such as on the night riley disappeared a nearby house was burglarized the fox family later won a 15.5 million jury verdict which was reduced to 8.5 million um oh my
1: goodness gracious
0: but he ebby um, sh- let's get into ebby a little bit um He was later charged on five counts of first-degree murder and one count of predatory sexual assault after DNA evidence linked him to Riley. At the time he was charged, Mm -hmm. Ebby was already serving two consecutive seven-year sentences, like I said. Um, He confessed that he burglarized a nearby home, then cut through a screen door of Riley's home. He found Riley on the couch, put her into his car, and drove her to the park where he assaulted her in a restroom. Oh, no! Then he drowned her in a nearby creek. He re- oh my god he received a life sentence oh that's
1: so terrible Yep. it's so terrible he received a life And this is the person that sorry i know you i keep interrupting you it's but okay. like this is the person that's still out there doing it to more people there's no way he stopped
0: yeah oh no he didn't he had so many other counts against him um, oh my
1: god he no yeah keep keep this guy out of jail yeah when you need to make space for people let him go yeah all the people that had an ounce of weed in their pocket. Please keep them in. They're dangerous. Dangerous to society.
0: Oh, yeah. They're awful. They're just the worst. God. um, Can't. Even. He received a life sentence without the possibility of parole. He had been on parole and living about Good. a mile from the fox's home at the time of the crime.
1: Oh, no. So, um. He was on parole when he did this? Mm-hmm.
0: And then I've
1: got you know, a fucking course. He was, yeah. Because why wouldn't we give this dude parole? Mm-hmm. You know, to be fair though, a lot of times pedophiles and people who are like this are the most charismatic people. Oh yeah. And so in prison they're like, oh well, you're he's so nice. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, he's not.
1: He's what? trying to get out and keep doing this.
0: Yep. Um. Okay. So this little bit is from the chicago tribune by steve schmat schmatic sure sure um <laughs> this was nailed it yeah thanks uh this was published on february 26 2011 um i'm the lowest kind of slime killer of three-year-old confessed five mm-hmm. days after fbi agents asked scott wayne ebby for a dna sample in may 2010 he made plans to take what he called the coward's way out he wrote a 10- ten- Oh
1: my god. Mm-hmm. He wrote- I hate this guy. Yeah,
0: me too. Um, he wrote a 10-page le- letter confessing to the murder of three-year-old Riley Fox in tw- 2004, a nightmarish crime that seemed to stun even him. I don't know how the wires got crossed in me, he wrote, saying he deserved to be tortured and killed. Then Abby tied a bedsheet around his neck and tried to hang himself in his cell at Lawrence Correctional Center in Sumner. I know I am the lowest c- of the lowest kind of slime there is on earth. Ebby wrote, blaming his demented actions on drug and alcohol abuse as well as insecurities about his body. Oh, poor you. Um, um
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is some evidence that it is a literal neurological defect, though.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they have found. Sorry, I just learned this like two days ago. Um, if you want the full. Thing, go to and listen to Ashton Kutcher's second episode on Armchair Expert. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's because there's a foundation that Ashton Kutcher um, is working with to try and eliminate child pornography from the Internet. And they've done they're, they're going back and finding actual roots and causes of it to try to find the actual root and the cause of it. Wow. And um, most of the people who have this impulse want help and don't want it don't want this impulse yeah. Um, in their bodies. They, they're they tired of fighting it and they don't, they, they want help. And so he was, uh, there's a, their website that they give, you can click a link to get help and they will legitimately help you. Like it's not entrapment. Like they will find a way to help you. Wow. And they have also found that like where people have had like brain surgery for things like epilepsy and stuff like that, where like a neurosurgeon has cut a little too much of one spot or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, we know how risky brain surgery is anyway. Like, you could, your entire personality could change. It's fucking, it's fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, But, like, the, it, it, you cut into a certain spot in the brain and it can trigger this. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, removes all of your um, impulse control of some kind or something like that. Like, this, there, was, there was an example of, like, a dude who was super clean cut and not into anything weird and then, like, had this brain surgery... This certain type of brain surgery and something, I mean, that's what's so scary about brain surgery. It's not, it's not the doctor's fault. Like, he didn't know. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, w- there's so much we don't know about the brain. Mm-hmm. It was just an accident. And then he was, like, totally into every kind of porn and every kind of weird kink. Oh, wow. It just, like, everything. He was, like, yeah, like, it was just, like, a whole switch. A whole like uh, there's a part of their brain that they talk about in the episode I don't remember what it's called I don't remember yesterday <laughs> um so <laughs> but there, there's a part of your brain that 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 has to do with impulses and those kinds of impulses mm-hmm. and when that filter gets removed everything is like acceptable all of a sudden you know yeah so um they're they're made a lot of strides in and there are a lot of organizations working to try and prevent this from happening before it gets to this stage here so no it's not because of your body insecurities yeah (laughs) or your alcohol abuse there's actually legitimately something wrong with you and sometimes it's an abuse cycle and sometimes it's but a lot of times it's this actual physical defect yeah it sounds, so,
0: it sounds like that's what... There's help
1: out there, and there's solutions for it. You just have to... Now there's resources. Yeah. Is what's great. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I found it fascinating. That is super fascinating,
0: and I'd like to listen mm-hmm. to that. It's just...
1: <sighs> it was good. Yeah. There's nothing graphic about the episode at all. Okay. Nothing at all. Okay. Um, he purely talked about the business and the science... And then he also talked about the foster care system, which I think we're talking about next week, next couple episodes. I don't know. Yeah, it's I think there. so. <laughs> yeah, I. Um, so he's he's talking about foster care and like the the different issues that need to be. I don't know. Yeah. I'll talk about it next time. But I
0: actually, yeah. um, I actually found this girl on TikTok who um, shares stories about her time in foster care. And, Mm -hmm. uh, she had this one crazy ass foster mother who, um, read her diary out loud to everybody who was giving medication to kids that wasn't prescribed to them. Like, she gave one kid birth control who was 10 years old. She gave one kid an Ambien.
1: She... No. Yeah, she was... No one needs Ambien.
0: Yeah, no. No one needs Ambien. (laughs) And, like... (laughs) She apparently made cinnamon rolls and gave the kids orange juice on one day that their um, social workers were coming in to have private conversations with them to try to bribe (gasps) them into not saying anything. And this girl. Oh my god. This girl snitched so hard she was like i good. I snitch on that bitch i told her everything <laughs> yes <laughs> and got them
1: all removed for the cinnamon roll yeah bye
0: yeah she got them bye, all bitch. removed that day within three hours good which was awesome that's amazing yeah so i love stories like her. that
1: um <laughs> me too <laughs> um, but back that to makes this makes me happy yeah
0: back to this horrible thing like
1: back to this horrible horrible <laughs> case
0: so ebby's suicide attempt failed as had at least two others since he abducted riley who was sleeping in flamingo pajamas with Dora the explorer blanket oh baby um, riley's family confronted ebby a 39 year old with white pride tattoos which means he's a fucking nazi Um, oh no
1: okay no sympathy anymore at all yeah none in court when he (laughs) when he pleaded sorry is that because of your body insecurities no as well (laughs) i don't don't think so no (laughs)
0: um in court when he pleaded guilty in november whenever this was published it was back in like 20 2004 to 2010 so in his confession letter ebby said some of riley's last words were i want my daddy
1: baby oh
0: a tribune yeah a tribune review of the criminal case files obtained put
1: her daddy in prison i know poor baby
0: a tribune oh this poor family oh yeah but this was this was awful this was the worst thing that could ever happen to anyone but i'll bring it up at the end i promise just gotta give me a minute to get there so, a Tribune okay. review of the criminal case files obtained um, under a public records request show how the murder was solved within days after FBI agents, following up on a vague tip, interviewed Ebby in prison on May 18th. Ebby um, denied any involvement, but then called his mother, Sharon, about an hour later, telling her he'd done a terrible thing and wanted to see her right away. When Ebby's mother visited the next day, Ebby said he killed Riley and added that it might be the last time he would talk to her. A distraught Sharon Ebby then called Ebby's brother, a correctional officer in Kane County. Her information was passed to Will County authorities and the FBI. Ebby wrote his letter a day later, along with a farewell note to his mom, then tried to kill himself. The files also show in greater detail how odd it was that investigators, including those from the FBI, didn't take a closer look at a pair of shoes found near Riley's body with Ebby's name written on the top. I tongue. cannot
1: believe that. Right? He left the evidence right there. Exactly. On purpose, it seems like. The shoes are mentioned. Pl- who writes their names in their, who writes their name in their shoes? Like, come on. Yeah. The shoes are mentioned prominently oh, in a memo
0: by Will County Sheriff's Police shortly after the slaying. They are also the second item on a list of evidence items submitted to the FBI for testing right after a rape kit. A report commissioned by police... That I'm sure wasn't tested either. Yep. A report commissioned oh. by police after the investigation found that if information about the shoes had been shared, a Willington police detective familiar with Ebby's criminal background would have known the name. DNA testing also linked Ebby to the murder, though it was not an overwhelming match. The partial DNA sample taken from duct tape used to bind Riley matched Ebby and occurs in about 1 in 50 unrelated males.
1: There was DNA everywhere. Yep. Um, I'm sorry. In a case of any sexual assault in 2004, how are you not testing DNA? Exactly. What is the matter with you? Everything. Oh, my God. There's just, like, no logic here. There's no logic. Oh, none. Ebby, who was... Oh, no, it's totally her dad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What? Ebby. Ugh.
0: Ebby, who was in prison for raping a relative, wrote in the letter that he was... Oh, my God! (laughs) Great person here, you know? Um... Wrote in the letter that he was tired of keeping this horrific crime to himself. Keeping a secret like that inside of you eats at the very core of your being day in and day out. Oh, poor you. Yeah. Uh, responding officers, one of whom had been to the Fox's home, reported Ebby threw up in front of them and asked, did they find that little girl yet? Um, Chill out. Yeah. I Calm the theatrics. <laughs> He says, um, at the end here, I had a reasonably normal childhood with two parents that took good care of me and never fought. Ebby wrote in his letter, I was taught at a very young age about respect and common courtesy. My parents didn't raise a monster. I became one over the years, and it's no one's fault but my own. Yeah, well, good. Um, and- You're correct. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, and I, I promised you I'd bring it up, so here we are. Um, In the sorrow-filled twilight of their little girl's death, and the aftermath of an ordeal that could have sent Kevin Fox to death row, Kevin and Melissa have Mm. searched for meaning in their anguish. On a recent April evening, however, their attentions are devoted to gentler undertakings. Their new baby girl, Tegan, who was born on March 8th, 2006. Though the girl has Riley's apple cheeks and sweet disposition, neither parent would ever look on the child as a replacement for their lost daughter.
1: No, never.
0: Still, both wept when they learned Melissa was carrying a girl. In a way, though, it's hard, Kevin admits, because I think to myself what Riley would be doing right now. She'd be a great big sister. Yeah. Oh. For a long time, the family could n- not bear to look at photos of Chad's wedding, of Kevin and his tuxedo with the single red rose, of Riley and Tyler sleeping under the table. Harder still was the family portrait with Riley in her princess dress and white satin slippers. On this night, however, leafing through a picture book with Kevin holding Teagan and Tyler peering over Melissa's shoulder, they can smile when they reach the photograph of the happy family they once were, when the biggest worries were a man's... Where a best man's toast and a little girl wanting to stand beside her daddy. And they turn the page.
1: That was beautiful. I know. I'm so glad it kind of it has like a happy ending. That's so good. Right?
0: That's why I wanted to do that one. Just because the ending was so good.
1: Yeah. Definitely was needed. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Good job. Thank you. That was nuts. Wasn't it? What a ride. How have we never heard of this? I know, right? This I, is I don't understand. That's this was insane. so much more
0: fascinating than the fucking Casey Anthony case, you know? Yeah. Fuck that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and Oh my goodness. I mean, it
1: was just Ooh, I I I've got chills. <laughs> um Yeah that was a beautifully written article too nice work right thanks i
0: was really glad i found that and i was happy to yeah. share so
1: all right let me go um let me go grab cards because okay. i forgot to <laughs> <laughs> of course okay all right Got yay <laughs> okay so this is our game called uh by Drunks Under stupid called um if you had to um i think it's my yeah turn your turn it's your turn turn? okay Mm -hmm. okay so um here's my card so if you had to would you live in the grand theft auto world as an innocent citizen (laughs) (laughs) oh god or
0: oh god damn it my messenger's doing that thing again okay (laughs) or the church of scientology is trying to ruin your
1: life (laughs) oh my god um
0: rock and a hard place. I'm going to
1: pick I I'm, I'm going to pick Scientology.
0: Hmm,
1: Because I feel like I could handle that. Like, well, maybe not. I I don't know. I feel, Shit. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we're all
0: living <laughs> that reality though i think the oh, church right. of scientology is always trying to ruin everyone's lives so i'm gonna go with that too right.
1: <laughs> like <laughs> i'm gonna go with that because i feel like i have a solid family and like network of people around me that like i don't need new friends like i don't <laughs> 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 we also live in the bible belt so nobody's gonna trust what they say yeah but it, it's like it's like um it's like twitter attacks and bat false articles about you and shit like that yeah I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that's so much safer than your life being constantly in danger. Yeah. <laughs> you're always in fear of being run over by a car or shot in the face. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was a rough one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you guys so, so much for listening. We hope you're staying safe and being kind to one another and... um
0: don't steal people's. people everybody's doing their best
1: yeah (laughs) don't steal people's carts um thank you to those of you who are on the front lines risking your lives uh we really appreciate you and those of you who are staying home we appreciate you we all have to do our part so um make sure you're listening to the news with logic in your brain Mm -hmm. um stay safe keep each other safe and remember you are not a monster Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcrooked.wixsite.com podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Crooked, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Crooked. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website.